Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Final edition of Summer Breakfast on SEN. Uh, Vossi and Brandy back on deck on Monday. You heard the promo there. So uh, Brandy has finished gurning the house. He said he's done watching the cricket. He just flicked me a text saying, Jules, no, no, I, I lied. I'm still watching the cricket because Australia taking on India. Great to have your company wherever you tuned in. 11.70am in Sydney. 8.01am on the Central Coast, 15.75am at Lawarra, 90.3fm in Griffith, 13.23 in Canberra and via the SEN app. And a good morning as well to our Queensland listeners tuning in via SENQ693, 16.20 on the Gold Coast and through the SEN track network. With us for the first hour before we hand over the reins to Pat and Heels, I'm Julian King, Chloe Amanda Bailey from the TET network is flying with me today. And the open line number one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, and the text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Have your say on the show today. It is a Healy Fest. It is a Healy Fest. So Heels will join us in the final hour of the program to have a look at day one in Nagpur, give his reviews, a reality check for the Australians, and then Joe Healy, Joe and a Grace, uh, live from Arizona as we look ahead to Super Bowl fifty seven. Shawnee Ormerod from Sportsbet will be here with the latest markets too. Chloe, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Where are we flying? Straight into the weekend. Oh, yeah. I've already spilled coffee on myself. It's a great start to the well, morning. Well, you've got this sort of tie-dye Calvin Klein number, <laughs> so it always looks already looks like someone's vomited on it. So if you're going to spill coffee on any shirt, it's probably good to spill it on something with that kind of pattern. I nearly you know wore a white singlet. Lucky well, I Well, I got the white shirt. So that's enough. So make sure I Can you not spill coffee on me? <laughs> I was just checking. You I know, thought it looked like you had a spillage already. I was know, like, this is a great start for the morning too. Well, thanks for bringing that to my attention. You know, it's funny because we had Jaleesa Rapp's first three days of the week. She came in all... all Dressed in the nines, ready to go. She's dressed up. You dress down. And I mean this as a compliment. You do look like an unmade bed this morning. I woke up. Yes. I would only get out of bed at this time for you, mate, for mm. the record. I appreciate that. I looked in the mirror. Mm. I'd slept with my hair like this, and I was like, yeah, we good. Slept with your it's shoes It's radio. Let's Bing, go. straight up, out in the bed. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> well, like this time of the morning, any spare minutes you can salvage yeah. are worth absolute... Gold. Australians with a mountain to climb. First test to Nagpur. I know you were glued to the screen. Yesterday. 177 all out. India in reply, 1477. Um, this test match is as good as gone, barring a miracle. Barring a miracle. Yeah. But you never know what can happen. Well, I look, mean, India, we might India find have to bat today. last. They do have to bat last. Yeah. But they are flying at the moment. Rohit Sharma is a Nagpur boy, loves playing. On this pitch, I mean, he was untroubled. He's flown one for seventy-seven the night watchman in. But Australia, it's it's funny. Look at that innings. The, the two openers went early in in Kawaja and Warner. It, funny the Kawaja one. To the naked eye, it looked like that ball was sliding down leg. And Siraj and Shami did get the ball to hoop around a bit early, and we thought bang bang. You know, Mark Taylor, uh, the great Australian captain, always said two wickets can change a game. And so you had the two openers gone. Next thing you know, Smith. And Labashain become basically the, the surrogate openers and got through to lunch and batted really well. We thought, okay, these two are going to be the saviors of the series. Then Manus goes to a ripping delivery by Jadeja, just dragged him out of the crease nicely. Some very handy work by KS Barat behind a, the yeah, stumps. Yeah, he's, he's a genuine gloveman. 
genuine. Because Richard Pan is the batter keeper. He's more of a keeper batter. Although he's a better batter than, than Saha. And then Smith goes. And then Renshaw goes. Yeah. So there you go, bang, bang, another about double barrel. And further down when you had Carey looking pretty good before that audacious reverse and then the Cummins fell, I think, about 10 runs later. And then next thing you know, they couldn't even get through a day's worth of cricket. So 177, I was thinking, you know, if you get to 250 there and knock off a couple of early wickets, you're in this game. But as it stands, 177, if you're batting first in these conditions, you've got to go big and they didn't do that. No. I was also thinking when Hanscom and Carey was out there um, – lucky that they were building a little partnership because imagine if we didn't have those runs yeah. after how many wickets we lost there. Also, you know, one thought I had, what about all the kind of chat about the pitch and how they pre- were preparing the pitch and they were so worried about the spinners to the lefty openers, but it was the quicks that took both our openers out. It's funny, isn't it? Everyone's talking about spin, spin, spin in India. In Australia, last time they had success, they relied on their quick, their pace barrage. You still got to keep him out. Yeah. Yeah. And Warner got done again by that right arm round the wicket. Did yeah. they find his off stump yet? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. That cartwheel. <laughs> About 30 <laughs> metres behind the boundary. It went so far. Yeah. So he's got an issue, doesn't he, with the right hand around the wicket. Uh, Stuart Broad, of course, owned him in England. But I didn't think people were really talking about necessarily that, that spot outside the off stump for the left-handers. You still got to bowl well. You still got to bat well. Still got to put the ball in the right spots. In fact, if anything, the spinners in that first session were probably guilty of thinking it was a five-day pitch, not flooding it enough. Think they just darted in there and wait for the natural variation before the pitch had broken up. And then Jadeja just just reeled it back a bit. They they changed his his flight path. Uh, likewise, Ashwin, who sort of cleaned up the tail and does that for fun, the second fastest to 450 Test wickets to over Chandra Ashwin after Murali, but. Yeah, this was everything that they feared, and it's come back to haunt them. And what about uh, Smudge's wicket? I, I asked you earlier, what's more dangerous, the turning ball or it's the one a, that yeah, stays it's a straight? Straight one. <laughs> straight one. Yeah, that's the third time Steve Smith's been bowled, by the way, by Ravi Jadeja. Ravi been is bowled really... by Ravi more than any other Test bowler. They will be very happy to have Ravi back because, of course, he had a knee injury some months ago, and he yeah. hasn't. He's been playing brilliantly in the domestic competitions over there, but he hasn't played international cricket for some time. To come back and take a five-far. Yeah. And, that was and the, he can bat. And that was the 11th five-wicket haul for Ravi Jadeja. And, and I wonder, having looked at his five, having looked at his five, whether the selectors are thinking, should we have gone with Ashton Agar, left-arm finger spinner? They didn't. They opted to pick the debutant, Todd Murphy, got his first test wicket. Congratulations to him. But the big talking point with regards to selections was this omission of Travis Head. Yeah. Huge. And... It doesn't look great because Maddie Renshaw obviously went out and went for a duck. So it's even, you know, it gives people more fuel to be like, should have picked Travis Head. But I like to kind of play devil's advocate and be like, well, it could have, like, Travis Head could have also gone for a duck. Yeah, I get that. But for a person who's in the form of his life, and yeah, they keep citing his figures in Asia Travis Head, 2022, 564 runs, average of 80.57, striking at 90.67. Same year in Asia, 91 runs, average of 15, strike rate of 48. I understand that. Hanscom, you you get the selection due to him being a right-hander. So I understand that selection. I get it. But it's not as though Renshaw exactly, and I'm a big fan of Matt Renshaw, but it's not as though Renshaw has pedigree on Indian wickets. Four tests back in 2017, sure, a couple of 50s, an average of 29. Surely Travis Head had the chance 
to make amends and prove his wares in these conditions despite missing out or not cashing in in Pakistan or Sri Lanka? I'm picking Travis Head. And I think it's going to look even more silly if next game they go, you know, if Matty Renshaw runs really lean in the, in this first game, in the next batting innings, we then pick Travis Head. Because chopping and changing a team all the time doesn't ever work for anybody. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. Call us as well. The Motorola open line 1300 01170. Check out the latest smartphones from motorola.com.au. Did you sit out and watch the cricket last night? What did you make of it? Were you happy with the selections? Did they get it right, the selectors? Was it outrageous that Head was dropped? Would you have picked Murphy? Would you pick Dagar? Would you pick Swepson? And what about Warner? What is his? Where does his future lie? Do you see him surviving all four tests if he misses out the second innings and, say, for example, in the first innings or in the next test? 0457 736 736. And did you flick over to the rugby league last night? The first of the pre-season challenges got underway. The Warriors are big 48 points, a 12-winner, the West Tigers in the opening round. I want to hear from Tigers fans as well. Yeah, we've been actually talking him up, if anything. You heard Vossi on the program yesterday saying it's going to be a big year for Tommy Talao. Uh, Charlie saying, I didn't catch any of this. I must confess I didn't. And listen, I don't take too much stock in trial form. Remember last year at the back of the Charity Shield, everybody had the Dragons in the eight. How quickly we forget. So how did Charlie Staines go? Can somebody fill me in? 48 points to 12. As I said, you don't read too much into trial form, but a couple of Tigers fans that I know, uh, I asked them about it and they texted me. They said, yeah, defensively, the formation looked pretty similar under Tim Sheens as to what it did under, say, for example, Brett Kamali, as well as Michael Maguire. So the Warriors, 48 points to 12. What did you make of that game? Did you see that game? Also in the NRL, Chloe, the pay war has descended into a fresh fast. The Telegraph reporting that some NRL clubs are planning to hold back millions owed to players under the new salary cap on the advice of the Players Association. Now, you're a, you're a Penrith fan. Yes, you sir. are as frustrated as any other fan in the game about this impasse. When are they going to sort this out? It's just going on and on and on. And, like, realistically, are the players going to strike? No. Nope. I don't think they They strike, are. they don't get paid. As I said, so Andrew Webster was on with Matty White on Tuesday, I think it was, and he's back on deck today too, Matty Johns. Back on deck with Webby and who else is there, Dan? Denon. Oh, Denon's back. Bloke in a bar. That is that is appointment radio. And Webby said he was talking to one of the players. Oh, you thinking about striking? Well, if it comes to that, we'll strike. You know you don't get paid in the place of what? So I'm not sure they realise the ripple effect or the consequences that strike action may have. I remember that first day that they talked about it a few weeks ago when Kurt Capewell um, was being interviewed and he said they wouldn't rule out strike action. And my immediate thought when I was listening was, well, you don't get paid if you strike. But... What else? What are, what else do they do? They have to threaten with, but this saga is just dragging on and on and on. And rug, it's basically it's rugby league season already. Like the first games in a few weeks. Yeah, it won't happen. It won't happen. Hopefully, they'll reach some kind of agreement. Look, I mean, they'll have an MOU that that would see the season proceed. But you know, it's ugly and it's messy. And it's talk about recording secretly under. So the, you know, it, the trust between the two parties has never been more eroded than it is. At the moment, the Herald's reporting too that NRL players will decide by lunchtime today whether to push ahead with plans to disrupt this preseason tournament. So we had the game last night, and all the chatter was, well, they needed to come to a decision by close of business Thursday. We didn't see it last night, but according to the Herald, players will decide by lunchtime today whether to push ahead with plans to disrupt the preseason. That means covering up the logo, delaying start times, and refusing media interviews. Yeah, look, that can throw things out for the broadcasters. It's it's particularly inconvenient. The other thing there is a lot of these games are taken to the bush. 
you know, it's a bit of a slap into the face at those who rarely get to see top flight rugby league. So, oh, we're, you know, taking the kids out. Guess what? The play's not going to start on time. Well, in regards to the not doing media, they have been doing media. They've just not been doing NRL media. But um, I remember when, so even Newcastle Knights, they called me the afternoon before they they were doing team photos and they said, oh, because we're, we're going to go up there. And they said, we're cancelling tomorrow. And I was like, oh, is this over the the pay disagreement or the, sorry, the CBA disagreement. And he was like, yes. Um, so we won't be doing team photos for the NRL, but they still have been doing media interviews, but yeah, they're not doing anything for the NRL. Mm. Now Manly have joined South Sydney in rejecting this controversial junior rugby league edict to abolish the awarding of competition points until the age of 13 and tackling until midway through the sevens under sevens. So the New South Wales Rugby League poised to implement the NRL's nationwide policy for the upcoming season. This is one of the more divisive topics in the game comes, oh, you're not teaching your kids resilience, no points awarded and tackling until midway through the under seven. So Manly have joined South Sydney in rejecting this rugby league edict. Where do you stand on this? I mean, I think there's a lot of froth and bother about this notion of not awarding points. My son plays soccer, albeit under eights. They don't score officially. But in their head, they know who won. They know Absolutely. Who lost. So their sense of winning and losing doesn't diminish just because there's no official scoreboard. You'd, I'm so sorry, and I'm throwing my brother under a bus here, but this is just – I was just thinking all this, and when we played Aussie rules as little kids, yeah. my brother would still be upset even when we won because mm. he was a sore winner. <laughs> How, how can you be a sore winner? I don't, I don't know. How is that possible? He probably didn't kick 50 goals for the team or something, but hilarious. But, yeah, let me just say that So in even in some of our cricket, you know, I play grade cricket, they don't have the scores. People don't know the scores they're on, and they think it's good for the younger people to not know what score they're on. But for someone like me, I would be kicking and screaming, like, I want to know. And, yeah, you do know who won and who didn't. And doesn't it teach you something in life? But the point I'm making is that they know who won anyway. Yeah, So the 100%. lesson is still there. So you might say, well, in that case, it's a moot point. But the bottom line is that juniors are about one thing and one thing only, and that's participation, right? So parents are thinking, gee, I don't like the way they're tackling. I'm not going to sign my kid up to this game. Then they've got a problem because Australia has a limited population. You've got a, a number of mainstream sports all competing for talent. You, know, you can't play every single one of them. So you want the best players or you want every kid available playing your sport. Right, so you've got to make it as accessible as you can. 0457 736 736, the text line number now to the basketball. You've been following the NBL pretty closely. We had the finals get underway last night. Perth Wildcats, well done to them, uh, turned around a 13-point deficit into a 106-99 victory, uh, bringing a shell-shocked South East Melbourne Phoenix season to an end. The other game, the Jack Jumpers defeated the Taipans. So they've got this revamped final system, Chloe. Now, I'd like you to take me and our listeners through it and how oh, it all works gosh. and who's going to play who. Have you got that in front of you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Also, might I say, Perth Wildcats, holy smokes, last weekend, the way they played against the Kings, and people were like, Kings will sit out a whole heap of people because they're already going through as top seed. They didn't do that, and Perth Wildcats needed to win by more than 11 points. They needed to win by 11 points to knock out Melbourne United and get through to the top six, and they did that. So they are coming into some incredible form into the finals. So, okay, let's have a look at, and okay, so I've got, let me look at this. So in the play-in tournament, so the seeding qualifier was Taipans, Jack Jumpers. That's done. Okay, so the next game, the play-in game, 
it's so hard for me to look at this, to be honest. So the Jack Jumpers defeated the Taipans. Yes. So now the Taipans will play the Wildcats. Wildcats. The Breakers will play the Jack Jumpers. Yes. And the Kings will then play. The Kings will play the winner of Taipans Wildcats. Yep. Are you with us? Yeah. Okay, so the Kings can sit back and watch them beat each other up. And yes. We spoke to, to Paul Smith on the program earlier this week. So they will play the winner of the Taipans and the Wildcats. If they play, because they've had some some pretty spicy rivalries of both of those teams. Of course, the Taipans coach Adam Ford been named the NBL Coach of the Year. And then the Wildcats, well, our illustrious leader, Hutchie, you know, he's very invested in the Perth side. And there's a bit of a war of words between Hutchie and Paul Smith. So that, there's no love lost between the two teams. Uh, that'll get bums on seats without question. But uh, Sydney Kings, you'd have to think, are the team to beat. And if you like your NBA, uh, the Brooklyn Nets have been blown up at the moment. They've agreed to trade superstar Kevin Durant of the Phoenix Suns in a blockbuster mood move that will send Brooklyn back into a rebuild. So as it stands, Ben Simmons is still there. So people are now making the jokes that they got Ben Simmons and everyone else is leaving. I said, Kyrie Irving, he's gone. You know, James Harden, he left. Kevin Durant, gone. So what does that say about Ben Simmons? Apparently they want to trade Ben Simmons as well. So we'll watch that space very, very closely. As mentioned, a Signa Boost Power Bank valued at, let's round it up to 60 bucks, shall we? Signa Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. So I want to get your thoughts today on the selection of the Australian team for the first test in Nagpur. Did you watch it? What did you make of day one? Uh, where did they get it wrong? Was Travis Head, was it a travesty that Travis wasn't chosen? And as I said, the, the numbers in Asia, 2022, average is only 15. This is across the Sri Lanka and Pakistan series. I get that. I get that. And logically speaking, you're worried about them bowling the left-handers and left-hander heavy side. You pick Hanscom, sure. Good player, a spin right-hander. I get that selection. But I'm not sure how you go Travis Head sitting behind Matt Renshaw in the pecking order. Given that Matt Renshaw, four tests in India back in 2017, not a lot to go on. He a couple of half centuries, average is 29. It's not as though he's demanding to get picked. So Renshaw was in that side in, in place of the injured Cameron Green. But so was Travis Head in that last test in Sydney. So if Cameron Green's out and you want to play the right-hander, well then surely it'd be Green out, Hanscom in, rather than Head out, Hanscom in. Anyway, you know, everyone's an armchair selected. It's a beautiful thing about sport in this country. We all think we know best. And this is your forum here on SEN Summer Breakfast this morning, one 1170 Give us a call now on the Motorola open line to have a crack at a prize. And the text is starting to flow through, Chloe, 0457 736 736. Want to hear from Tigers fans. If do we have any Warriors fans out there, by all means, let us know. How did you boys play last night? How did the Warriors go? And Tigers, are you concerned or are you not concerned? A bit too early to tell. I know they ran... A lot of the youngsters, as they tend to do in these fixtures. We are up and running the Friday, the final edition of SEN Summer Breakfast. Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.